Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. But there is one thing that I have as a peeve, okay? Okay. Yeah, John, uh, there's one peeve. What is that? There's the ultimate peeve. As speaking as a gamer okay. and as a performer, mm-hmm. it is that when... Welcome to Game Dev Advice the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me, It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call 224-484-7733 or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. Tonight's guest is Marta Svetek, a London-based actor working in video games, film, and TV. She specializes in voice and mocap and has worked on a variety of popular titles, including leading roles in Total War Warhammer 2 and the newly announced Battlefield 2042. She shares some great info about her journey in the industry and many other ideas and insights. Hey, Marta, so we are calling in tonight. Hi there. Uh, I'm coming in live. Well, maybe not live for the listeners, uh, but right now from London, UK, even though I don't sound like it. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing with uh, COVID-19 and everything over there? Yeah, it's all right. Uh, They've released most of the, or should I say relaxed, most of the restrictions. Um, It's Mm -hmm. kind of weird because we still have, you know, all these variants and whatnot rampaging across everything, but you know, a lot of the population is vaccinated now. So it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see where this goes. Yeah. Cause there's this, the Delta wave and then there's anti-vax and people mm-hmm. vax and it's just kind of a weird, strange time. So you have a really interesting background and, and, and role. Can you kind of talk about your current role as an actor? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have like multiple jobs and even within mm-hmm. acting, um, I mainly, I'm mainly active in voiceover and motion capture. So for video games, That is Mm -hmm. something that has really taken off for me. And outside of that, you know, motion capture was really what got me into the acting world, uh, this movement-based performance uh, that kind of overlaps with what I also do outside of acting, which is I also work for a visual effects software company. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of live and breathe this 
world of digital characters um, pretty much 24-7. No, it's cool that they kind of overlap and intertwine like that. And um, Yeah, I mean, I had this yeah. crazy experience where the studio that I had worked at as a performer several times, in fact, it was the first mocap stage I had ever set foot on. Mm -hmm. um, when I came in, not as a performer, but as a client, because I ended huh. up hiring that same studio to do Maxon's uh, mocap library, which I performed, but also I mm -hmm. essentially uh, produced that whole shoot and, and, and kind of defined what the moves were and we're just building it out. So it's just this, this yeah. thing that is, that is an integral part of my life. So how did you get started in the game industry with that first mocap gig? Like, kind of tell me your journey on that. Yeah. Um, actually, my first gig in games was voice. Um, mm -hmm. So I just, I've been, I'm a huge gamer. I've been a gamer since, <laughs> since I was a little girl. Um, I have an older brother that was always into video games. I was really, really lucky that I was also in a house where we had computers, you know, since before I was born. So I grew up around mm -hmm. computers and then you had PCs that came and that kind of changed everything. Right. Just brought this wave of really interesting and fun games. Mm -hmm. And I, I always thought, how cool would it be to actually be one of those characters you know how cool yeah. would it be to actually be the the person that gives this character that life mm -hmm. at the same time also i'm a huge lord of the rings nerd and you know watch mm -hmm. those movies to death and there's also a lot of behind the scenes content there and, uh. and um i saw motion capture for Gollum. that was probably my first introduction to the concept of motion capture i was like 12 years old yeah um and yeah so that kind of stayed with me um and I just decided that that when I moved to London, and I didn't move to London to be an actor, I, it just it kind of found me. I always cool. acted for fun. Mm -hmm. it, it was it was this kind of drive to just perform for video games. Motion capture took quite a bit of training for me. Um, it didn't just happen. And yeah. the voice gig, I was actually doing like corporate voice work and commercial voice work uh. at, at first. Those were the first sort of breakthroughs into that industry. Yeah. Where then suddenly I was at an event called Get Your Game On, which was for <laughs> voice and audio in in um, video games, that I ran into a man named Will Tidman over at huh. Creative Assembly. Okay, he's uh, one of the the lead audio designers at Creative Assembly who do the Total War. Yeah, that's um, what I was trying to think. I'm like series, War Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Total War, Warhammer. Yeah. They do that turn-based RPG. Mm -hmm. And he, we were just talking. He was listening to me. I was like, he's not actually listening to what I'm saying. He was actually listening to my voice. Uh, he's like, you know what? We need somebody exactly like you for this sp specific uh, character. Okay. I'm like, oh, my God, so exciting. Because at that <laughs> point, I had done like about, you know, like a little right. bit over a year of just like trying to do every workshop, everything to sort right. of get into and get ready and get trained and get connected to the video game audio world, which exists obviously in its own sphere. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I, I came to their studio, auditioned. It it was a pretty challenging, vocally challenging role because it's a very gruff character um, mm. with a lot of screaming. Games Ooh. generally have a lot of screaming in them. <laughs> They're very projected, but even more so when, for those of you who play uh, the Warhammer games or any Total War game, yeah. it's this God view game. Mm -hmm. And you're this little character 
down on the screen yeah. and for it to make sense in the experience, almost everything needs to be, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs. <laughs> hey, look at me down here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, retreat, judge. Ah! And, and this, this was also an accented role. Oh, um, wow. I basically, I play Aranessa Saltspite, which is, huh. she is one of the legendary Lords in the game, uh, which is like a player character, essentially, or as close to a player character as that game franchise franchise has. Yeah. And she is a, chaos viking <laughs> called the norska which got she but they're all like mutated by chaos power so she has two swordfish noses for legs <laughs> yeah awesome. this is peg legs <laughs> on another level right right and um <laughs> and they i know so swordfish noses for legs and then um but she was so mutated that she got kicked out of her clan uh-huh. and so she now runs a pirate ship uh, okay. She's the captain of a pirate ship that is manned by the undead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that hunts the chaos Vikings. Like this is her, right. you know, her vengeance. Vengeance, yeah, exactly. Things like that. I'll show but you. You can imagine, yeah, exactly. So the accent they originally asked for the audition, they wanted it to be Finnish, and I'm like, hmm. well, the Norska have this sort of generic Scandi accent, like a generic sort of kind of Swedish right. kind of Norwegian accent, that, that punctuated way of talking. Finnish accents don't sound like that. Oh. They can sound very jarringly different to a Swedish accent, right? Yeah. In English. I was very well aware of that. So I was like, oh, I got okay. So I think they want that, but let me have some other stuff ready. Yeah. Just in case, because they might not want what they hear. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up going with, we kind of workshopped it. it. It was like a half, half Swedish, half Slovenian accent. I'm from Slovenia originally. So we were just kind of like started saying words and things. And, and it, this thing came out of me and <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> that it. was it. Right. That was Aranessa. Yeah. And, and so you can imagine this is my first big game gig. Yeah. And I get that character art and everything. I'm like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much fun. It was yeah. so much fun. It was hooked. And uh, how many of those have you worked on? Well, I currently, was it? I, I haven't counted them. I haven't done like a myriad. It's been like, what, three, four years that okay. I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably around 12. And I think about eight of them are still under NDA. Ah, I see. <laughs> I have, especially this year has been crazy. In the last year, I have worked more than the last years prior, probably combined. Huh. It has been one thing after another. I'm, I'm just about to start recording another thing mm-hmm. um, where I'm going to be voicing two different characters. Oh. I did mocap on something that I'm, unbelievably excited for um it was like a little bit of a dream come true and what i can say is well the more recent reveals was that i am in the next installment of battlefield so battlefield uh, 2042 i am a lead character in that so that is extremely exciting yeah my friend is uh justin fisher i had in the last episode he's working on the mobile battlefield 2042 out in la so um no that's amazing cool yeah Yeah, that that trailer came out and just wowed everybody i I texted me like i'm going to buy and play that game i haven't played a game in two years and i'm going to get back into gaming from that trailer so no that's yeah no i mean they they nailed it they nailed it in the trailer Mm -hmm. and i mean honestly i can tell you that 
the casting process was so secretive that mm. you know this was this was a side UK, uh, which is you know a kind of a studio a recording studio here that a lot of big studios outsource to for audio recording. Okay. Um, you know all of the Witcher stuff was recorded there, and like CD Projekt Red does a lot with them. They did Mass Effect there, they did a bunch of other stuff, and mm. my agent uh, got me in there, and I had just done. Uh, a job for another game in there and they're like hmm why don't you just read for this right while you're here yeah i'm like all right um of course yeah let's let's do this audition sure you know i was pretty non like there's nothing that stood out about it to me i was like all right fine cool yeah okay and so a couple weeks later here back like, oh you got it i'm like oh right cool and i'm thinking this is probably some kind of secondary character or something i don't know like everything's code name all right yeah and then comes the day of the recording i still hadn't heard anything about Mm -hmm. what kind of game it is right what the actual story with this character is or anything i got usually get the lines the day before so you read through them Mm -hmm. and like okay uh, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Need so a little backstory in, here. Yeah, I walk into the booth, and because it's you know, uh, it's a remote direction. Mm-hmm. When it's the studio, it was just me and the engineer actually physically there. I see. Yeah. And they always just—it's uh, this really weird setup. It's always been like that for remote direction in these studios, is where they can see you, but you can't see them. Oh, that's <laughs> so you're weird. just like, oh, oh, okay. Right. But you know, you get used mystery to it. voice. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'll do that. Huh. And I'm like, okay. I walk in and put the the headphones on, and they're like, okay, I just play back the audition for reference. I'm like, well, hold up. Just yeah. can you can you tell me anything? Like, what genre of <laughs> game me this bone. is? Like, what? Right. Yeah. What is it? Where where does this character exist within this universe? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, yeah of course. So the game is Battlefield. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I had like a little freak out. Yeah, I mean, I played, especially Battlefield 1942, I played it to death. Yeah, yeah. My brother played it like crazy. Wow. So yeah, that was, like, my mind was blown, but in a way it was a blessing that I didn't know because I probably would have psyched myself out so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The night before you wouldn't be able to sleep and you're like, should I I text my brother and tell him, but I can't tell him. Yeah, 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 I can't tell him, can't tell him. Yeah, but now you can be like, hey, check this out. Yeah. yeah, well, not yet. Right. It, like I said, I only have permission from from EA to say that I am involved in the yeah. project. Right. Um, but we'll, you know, that's very we'll, exciting. We'll find out more. So, what is that like, like uh, with the remote uh, direction? So, there always there's no video or anything. You you do you just hear the voices in the in the headset or or through the yeah. the monitor yeah. speakers? Okay. That's that's what it usually is like. And to be honest, you don't need that much more. I guess. Yeah. Like I'm, it's so it's such a normal way of working for me by now. Yeah. <laughs> that it's weird to have faces on the screen. The screen is where the lines are and usually how for game audio, how you record stuff. Um I mean you have the cinematic stuff which is more scene work. Yeah. Most of any voice role in a game is a giant spreadsheet of individual lines. Mm-hmm. You know, these lines need to be peppered in at any point that triggered a specific point that can be triggered whenever yeah. the player chooses to go there. Yeah, it's like so five to pull from or something like that. So it doesn't get redundant. Yeah. So you've got these little moments, these little short sentences or maybe sometimes longer sentences, but 
for the most part, short little snippets of mm-hmm. characters that you're recording. And every moment is more or less a new moment, unless you're, you know, unless they want it to float from one thing to another. For the most part, it's like keeping that character alive in like five words, mm-hmm. you know, it, everything and, or in efforts, like all the uh, ah, ah, noises. Yeah. The it has to sound like the character. It can't be generic. Yeah. You no, know, whatever. Yeah. And, and so you have this spreadsheet in front of you on a screen. Mm-hmm. They're usually scrolling through it for you or the engineer is scrolling through it for you. And you just go for, you know, yeah. as many as you can. Take a breath, pause, redo anything that they want you to have another attempt at mm-hmm. to reach the high, the, the correct energy level. Uh-huh. Um, and then just go for it and and some people are much more collaborative than others you know some productions are very open in tweaking lines to fit the character Mm -hmm. like tweaking uh, certain terms certain words used Mm -hmm. um others are like no no it has to be exactly Exactly. right right yeah Yeah. it's more hitchcocky and like i I, you were the actor do it exactly as i said no no liberties where other ones can be a little more fluid yeah. yeah yeah it's uh you know it, for me it's now almost to the point <laughs> where yeah. every um every audition it's more of a thing for mocap but like every audition and everything is now remote and yeah. so i'm almost afraid to go back into an actual in-person audition it's like almost a scary thought now <laughs> you're there yeah. i was like can we go back to normal it's gonna feel weird um just two quick thoughts while i'm thinking of this like i, I worked on a uh, for, for blue bite and there was a game on the battle isle series and it was called incubation time runs out in the states and we were doing the audition back to date myself in the days of audio cassettes and the uh the writer cast uh the character and picked the character the lead role based on an audio cassette and then we got in the recording studio and it was painful because every line she was just tripping up tripping up it was just like oh so it almost turned into surgery because she wasn't good at live performance she had an awesome voice so we were kind of stitching the lines together oh god and this is back you know in the 90s when the tools were not that powerful and you had zip drives and all of a sudden the thing would crash and it was just like yeah surgery but my favorite story, and from your Twitter profile, you'll appreciate this, was when uh, I worked with Mike Judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Um, back oh, in I the, love it. He, he, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a sudden urge to pull my shirt over my head. <laughs> well, that was a part two. It was like he had left uh, to go out to California to work in this little series called King the Hill. Mm-hmm. MTV had uh, we had paid him for an hour in the recording studio for this line of cheap click games where it was like twenty dollar games, and, and I flew out to do the recording session, and we had to get all these different lines from him. And MTV had double booked the session, so oh, I, I'm at this like swanky Santa Monica recording studio, walk in and stuff, and then there's like we have a problem, and there was a, a a Japanese company there that wanted him to do a commercial. And I was, and he's like there, he's kind of being cool about it. Like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, just go ahead and do the Japanese stuff, the commercial, and we'll do yours after. So then he's, he's talking and they were trying to direct him from the councils to do both voices at the same time. And he's just kind of like, what? What? <laughs> uh, I can't do that. Um, so he went through and he did his thing and I, I, I waited. And then, then we recorded our lines and, you know, total professional, very nice person. And then there were some cornholio lines, but 
<laughs> he was like, I, I have to, I have to get into character. And, and I was behind the council and there's the glass and I could see him normally, but when he did Cornholio, he didn't want anybody to see him. So he kind of went off to the corner kind of where it was not in the, the view. And I was kind of sitting behind the board with the engineer and I'm trying to peek <laughs> to see him like, ah, 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 fire, fire, you know, and he's doing the Cornholio, but it was off camera or off not camera, oh, but out, of, out, of view. I, out of view, you know, and I was like, oh, I want to, I want to see, like, does he physically have his shirt over his head, right? Like, what is he, what is he doing? Because <laughs> it was like he was like speaking in tongues. I mean, it was just, it was yeah. hysterical. So you're like, you're like laughing and curious at the same time, and um, that's yeah. amazing. And uh, I would love to to like hear Mike Judge do Cornholio in, <laughs> in real life. Yeah, recording studios are interesting places. Um, yeah, and lots of weird things happen. <laughs> I mean, I move around a lot, too. Um, mm -hmm. it, that's why I love it when um, the microphone that they used is that head-mounted one where you kind of have it, you almost, you were wearing a cap and the, the mic is actually sitting kind of on your forehead. Okay. Because with that, you can move you can turn any which way if you uh, your voice right. will always sound more authentic if your body follows yeah right? right so if it is look to the left and say something your body is not in the same position as it would be standing straight and there's little nuances in your voice mm -hmm. that happen and when you when you move around yeah and so like when we were doing stuff for Aranessa, mm -hmm. um, we didn't have that kind of microphone. It was a static microphone, but I kind of find a way of like standing up on a thing and then leaning on a bar stool in order to <laughs> simulate how my body would be yeah. if I was leaning over a, a map. You know, oh, if right. I'm talking and staring at a map, a map and right. talking kind of downwards, mm -hmm. yeah. then, you know, it sounds different yeah. than me standing straight up. So mm -hmm. so all these little things, I personally very much like to physically get into the character. If it's a soldier, I'm standing much more upright, uh, especially if if it's somebody who is carrying a weapon, you know, right. depending on what kind of soldier, then I'll pretend to carry the weapon. I'll do all these little things that just help you get there. Yeah, yeah, it gets you more in the moment and it, it feels more authentic than being like tethered to a microphone where you're you're sitting, you know, three inches from it and you can't move around. Yeah. To be honest, 99% of the time I ask not to sit. I want to stand. I yeah. want to stand because it just, um, especially for any kind of projected work, like for a corporate read where it just, you know, the CNN voice. Right. Then uh, then for that, I can, yeah, that I can sit. Mm. But if it's, uh, if it's a game where there's so much projected work, I need to be able to engage my core. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the other side of things is studying vocal extremes. That is a quintessential trait for anybody that wants to work, do voice in in uh, sorry in video games. Yeah, that's a good you point. need to understand how to do vocal extremes safely because mm -hmm. you'll be doing a session that's two hours and it might be two hours of screaming. Oh, you know? right. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And yeah, you there. There are lots of horror stories of actors, you know, bleeding from the mouth, from the throat after sessions. And that's why it's so important to prepare yourself. There are limits you can do. Like for example, if it's screaming, I won't do more than two hours. In total, I don't take bookings that are longer than three hours because I know that my voice mm -hmm. will not last longer than that. Yeah, it's an instrument. You right? need the rest. Yeah. Um, so I'm saving them time and money because after three hours, they're not going to get anything that they like for right, me. Right. But vocal extremes, uh, to do them safely and to do them properly without straining your your vocal cords, 
you need to engage different parts of your core and, and your back and your shoulders. It's a very physical process. You need your body to support that breath. And when you're sitting down, that's mm -hmm. a lot harder to do. Yeah. No. So I'm always like, no, nope, no, I want to stand up. Yeah. I wear my quiet clothes. So nothing jingles. <laughs> I think that I usually take my shoes off. So nothing squeaks. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay, guys, let's do this. Right. Let's do this <laughs> and knock these out and then get me some tea for my throat here. Cause, uh, yeah. Oh, honey, lemon and ginger. Yeah. It's, that's it's the, life. Think, yeah. It's life. <laughs> but I have also thankfully get a little bit of a reputation for being very fast in my work. Um, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is this prep that I mentioned, like this setting the extremes so I can sustain it. We can go from one thing to another, yeah. let's go boom, 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 boom. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't stress how valuable that is because yeah. at the end of the day, time is money, right? Oh yeah. Right. Right. And, and you know, the productions there and dates and everything. And if you knock it out in two hours and it's not two sessions and, yeah. Uh, and it's awesome quality, you know, your phone's going to yeah. keep ringing. So that's great. You know, I'm one of the only people where people tell me like, no, 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 you don't do it too fast. Like, don't just don't do it. Cause like, you want to get paid. Right. right. <laughs> it's like John Lovett but, big. He's like, Hey, Hey, pace yourself, pace yourself. And he's over yeah. the cubicle. Like don't work so hard. Don't work so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, the way I see it, right. Is if I do good on a job, then I book more jobs. Yeah. And so I, right. in the long term it is more money, you know, it's, right. it's better work. It's getting better projects. Mm -hmm. Not saying that like one's arbitrarily better than another, but it's more in the direction of the kind of projects that I would want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So what do you wish you had known when you'd started all this? Like kind of looking back now. To be honest, I'm pretty happy with my journey so far. Is that weird to say? No, no, that's, that's um, totally legit. I guess it would have saved me some grief as a teenager to know that I don't need to go to acting, uh, to drama school, okay. acting school, whatever, to get a formal education in acting in order to be an actor. I was thoroughly convinced that was the case. And my parents were like, nope, absolutely not. You're going mm. to business school. Ah. And they were absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Because I use more of my business skills and business knowledge in this industry. Uh, um, than anything else like mm -hmm. it is a business people need to understand that yeah. creativity is a business being an actor is a business right and you can hone your craft until the cows come home mm -hmm. it still doesn't mean that you're going to make it and it's not going to be because you're not talented enough it's not going to be because you're not good enough as an actor it's never that mm -hmm. or maybe it's extremely rarely that you need to know how to navigate this industry, yeah. right? Whatever industry it is, mm. obviously for video games, it's different than for TV and for film and, yeah. and for theater. It's all different stuff, but you need to understand first and foremost that you're a business. Mm -hmm. And the, these things are what are going to make or break you. You know, it's, it's, what, it's what's going to actually put you in the way of the right opportunities for where you want to take your career. Mm -hmm. Sitting around and waiting for those opportunities to happen is a way of doing it. And it's worked for some people, but yeah. I, I think for most, it's caused them a lot of pain and a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I knew that actually, you know, I, I could just pick up acting and not you know, not have to go to drama school. And I, my education in acting is entirely like workshop and coaching based, okay. you know, 
Yeah. And and because obviously I had to go get trained and yeah, get education yeah. and, and, and everything that I'm not saying that that's not a thing. Right. But you don't need to go to like a four year drama University school and or, get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and get massively in debt in order to do that. It also doesn't mean like myself, I'm not a full time actor. Mm-hmm. I do all these projects, but I'm not a full time actor because it's very feast or famine. Yes, definitely. So I do not want to be a starving artist. I want to have financial security even more so what this, what my quote unquote day job mm-hmm. brings me is also the opportunity to pay for my training. Right. You know, so, yeah, yeah. so I can actually pay to go study for a couple of weeks with this person, or I can pay to actually fly to LA and, and just meet people and go to, to an industry event and yeah. here to attend industry events. And right get the equipment to build out my home studio, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to afford all of that. It's all an investment in my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I, I, I would have spared myself a few years of like worry and grief and thinking very dramatically as teenagers do that. My, uh, my life is over. <laughs> right. I'm just going to live in an office. Oh my God. Uh, I really want to do people. No, <laughs> I'm an artist. You can't stop me. Right. Don't but, box me you know, in. Michael worked for yeah, the man. exactly. I must run free. Right. It's yeah. ultimately that that brought me into this, you know, into this industry and uh, mm-hmm. has me talking to you now. Yeah, today. that's fantastic. And uh, the, the the workshops are they primarily in LA or, or or London or is it a variety? Or I'm assuming a lot. Of I mean, they're LA, all over right? the place. Yeah. Uh, but for me, obviously, I get yeah. London. I go to London based ones ninety nine percent of the time. It makes logistically, yeah. But there's a lot of remote ones as well, especially with COVID. Again, one of my mentors, uh, Tom Keegan, he's a just prolific mocap director, voice director. He's based in LA. Mm-hmm. He was he was then doing uh, a set of several weeks. He was doing an an acting course as such. Yeah. To just because he has such an interesting approach to acting as an actor first, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not just as director. He's this wonderful way of connecting with you. And I think like there's almost like a secret like mm. need for him to make me cry every single time we work together. I was like, God <laughs> damn it, Tom. Every time. This is, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> the point where it's not it's not like sad crying, whatever, but it's getting to he gives me those emotionally heavy characters because uh-huh. it's a really good workout for that acting muscle, if you will. Yeah. To be able to go there because he believes that I can go and 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 handle and really do justice to those emotionally really difficult moments. Mm-hmm. So it's really his belief in me to give me that. But like, it's to the point where I stop wearing mascara, you know, most makeup <laughs> to his workshops because it's just not worth it. Right. Get the <laughs> like waterproof. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he has this, he was doing this um, on like via Zoom um, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was fantastic. So I think as much grief yeah. as COVID has brought us, it's it's made a lot more knowledge available to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the business? Uh, so, so like having an agent, being able to read contracts, being in yeah. unions, you know, all those kind of things. I mean, I chose not to be represented by an agent for a very long time, considering like what I, I decided I was going to try to do this acting thing, I think in 2016. Okay. I, I came across this, uh, it was an immersive theater show, it was a horror show, but it was really good. And I was a zombie in it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I miss acting. Yeah. 
And it was uh, like for fun. And at the same time, we were doing some VO work and uh, my day job at the time, it was at a startup. Mm-hmm. And I just recorded VO for a pilot, never having done VO for anything ever in my life. And ended up, it was for HSBC, the bank. Oh, right. and the yeah. the the guys heard it because we were doing the learning design for what we were recording. Uh-huh. And the guys were just like, "Oh yeah, no, her voice is good. Just have her do everything." And then all of a sudden, I'm in in the studio for five weeks, wow. <laughs> like never five having recorded. Yeah, it was a massive learning uh, module shit. campaign thing. Wow. Yeah, five weeks, and I was like. Oh my God. Like I've never <laughs> been in a professional studio before. Like right. this is awfully exciting. Yeah. So it kind of went from like, I'm doing this for fun to holy shit. People are actually want, people want to pay me to do this. Okay. Yeah, let's see yeah. what we can do. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, what I didn't like is that there's a lot of, there are a lot of actors that, and there are a lot of really not very good agents. There are a lot of people mm. who just think being an agent is a way to make a quick buck. Yeah, or yeah. To, they like the controlling aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I had very early on decided that I'm not doing, I'm not going to be an actress no matter what. I'm going to be an actress on my own terms. Yeah. And if that brings me financial success, great. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But right. I'm not doing this in a way that makes me feel unnecessarily uncomfortable. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, it, it, it was something that I had the, the ability to do because I had a job, you right. know, I had financial security. Right. I I kind of jumped in, mm-hmm. made contacts. I was very good at networking and slowly started to get different kinds of work. And people just, be, they would start offering me work because they had met me or had known me, or they'd offer me the audition and send it over straight to my email. And I started getting more and more uh, work that way. And I still do to this day for voice stuff. I, I'm cool. not exclusively represented by anybody. That was when I signed with my current agent, Aldair. Um, and I have a separate agent for MoCap, the MoCap agency. Okay. That was one of the things that I said to both. I was like, just so you know, right. my voice work is non-exclusive you can submit me for voice work Mm -hmm. but you do not have the sole right to submit me for voice work right Uh, they were very amenable to that they were both very like yeah 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 you go you do you Mm -hmm. cool so so I basically started navigating all those contracts and things. There's also various networks. So I'm not part of a union because the union here in in the UK called Equity has not really done any work on voice or any hasn't really agreed any real rates for voice, let alone for mocap. Yeah, it's really? really behind the times. Yeah, it's not nothing like SAG-AFTRA. Right. They're do, they're trying. They're they're trying to do things, but they're not there yet. So I'm like, I'm, there's literally no point in me joining at this point. Yeah. But I still had a lot of. I have made a lot of friends among voice actors that you know, veteran voice actors here that could give me mm-hmm. a way of gauging what is okay and what isn't. I you know, see. it's all yeah. about asking for advice. It's all about asking people. Just ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sign your life away for security. You just have to find a few people that you can trust. And the mm-hmm. voiceover network here in the UK has been instrumental in that. Absolutely. I will hands down say, you know, uh, Rachel Rachel Naylor and her crew really just kind of wow. got me started on the right path. Mm-hmm. And then it's just spot training. That's how I, that's how I got into it. You know, that's, that's how the, the voice contracts aren't terribly complicated until you start getting into big, like really big projects, like yeah. 
big commercials, working with big brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and like royalties and like residuals and all that kind of stuff. From like usually and... what you do for what, how it works here okay. is um, you do a buyout for a limited amount of time. Okay. So, I mean, for actually for games, it's usually a buyout in perpetuity because residuals are so hard to track. Yeah. That has been a thing here anyway. So you'll have, you know, your session fees and a buyout mm-hmm. for commercial work and for ads for adverts and things like that. You'll have a buyout, let's say for two years and it'll, the final amount will be, you know, what platforms is this being played on? Right. You know, and all, all this kind of stuff. It, yeah. it gets complicated there. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks. But yeah, there's so many resources online. There's so many like groups and networks and, and places where you can ask those questions that being a voice actor Mm-hmm. In this day and age, you can really do it from anywhere. Yeah, and it's very totally. exciting. Yeah, that that's the business side of things. You have to meet people. You have to meet people. You cannot sit at home. <laughs> Wait for the phone to ring. Like, oh, yeah, there. Your agent is not suddenly going to get you work. You have to do the work. You have to right. get out there mm-hmm. and and show people who you are. No, that that totally makes sense. And- yeah. No, that's interesting about over yeah. there because like with SAG and after, you know, there's the walk in the door rate, there's the, you know, hourly rate and all those kind of yeah. things when I remember. Yeah. No, here it's a lot simpler. And I think it's also why there's been a massive influx of work on US based games oh, now over there. to Europe yeah. and to the UK. Yeah. There's also a lot of very good talent on this side of the pond. Oh, that makes sense. And well, and then you get into trouble too, where certain companies have a no union policy, right? That's just, so there's like this weird third party signator that people kind of moonlight through and you pay them. And then the signator then pays the actor as like a, a workaround and it gets kind of kludgy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like I said here, because the, in this world, mm-hmm. um, in the video game world, the union doesn't have as much of a presence. It's somewhat more direct. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's great. There's a lot of undercutting of rates. Ah, yeah, right. Um, and for me, it's just a matter of, you know, what I'm going to do. There's a, there needs to be a certain level of solidarity, and there is among most voice actors, at least most established voice actors, mm-hmm. which is your rate is your rate. Yeah. It, that's right, it. Right. You know, you have to kind of stand by your rate. And if somebody says, no, oh, it's too expensive, it's like, well, okay, yeah. well, you know, I'm not yep. going to waste your time then, you know? Yeah, right. Thank you very much. And mm-hmm. that I know that you'll find somebody that they want for the rate. So great, but right. it's not going to be me. Right. right. <laughs> but you have to have that confidence in your own work, you know, not to, yeah. to underprice and undercut your rates just to get the job because then you've just lowered your rates. If for some reason they talk to another developer, oh, totally. and that person right. says, the you know, like, yeah, but right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that per- but you did it for that much for them. Why aren't you doing yeah, quoting us? Right. Right. Once I'm you like, crack no. that door, yeah, then the, then the word spreads. I mean, it's a small network, right? So word spreads that like, oh, that mm-hmm. personal that's their that's their SRP rate, but you can actually get them for fifty percent less if you do this. And then 
Yeah. And then you're stuck, right? So just yeah, exactly. And I'm firm. just like, nope. Right. Don't need that. And you know, I have wonderful agents that support me now as well. And for the most part, you know, I've done the the thing of like negotiating all this myself. I'm so Good. glad that I now have an agent that that I trust because mm-hmm. it took me a long time to actually sign with anybody not because nobody would sign me mm-hmm. i actually had a few offers it was just because i needed to sign with the right person oh totally yeah i, I mean just as you would imagine there's a lot of sleazy uh yeah. lazy backstabbing agents out there and i've dealt with some before too where part of the role is just to be the bad person right like like the good cop bad cop so then you they have come to back. be tough yeah yeah there's that but then there's like when they lie or they say something like i i worked with um how should I say this? Somebody on a TV talk show, a uh, game show, and the talent was great, this person, but the agent was a weasel. Uh, we sent stuff. He never forwarded along. Then he claimed he never got it. So there's just a lot of... Uh, yeah. No, my my agent is... Extre- well, both my agents are extremely on point, really. That's great. Um, I was so impressed uh, when I signed on with both of them. I'm part of the very first motion capture dedicated motion capture agency hmm. in right. in the uk that's like registered with spotlight which is our main casting platform here ah i see um as in the in the inaugural roster very proud of that um <laughs> what about advice on developing interpersonal skills you know eq soft skills you know it, those are always tricky things to navigate with different people and- yeah you like i said you have to get out there you have to network and networking is harder for some people than it is for others mm-hmm. I think the key to good networking is going out there with the intention of connecting, mm-hmm. finding common ground with somebody, making friends. Yeah. It is not about going out there and asking for the job. The <laughs> second you get out there and you ask for an uh, audition and you ask for them to hire you, right. you're done. Yeah. You've right. just you've just put yourself into that space right. of like people who are just going to ask for stuff and not actually get to know me. Mm-hmm. kind of frame for that person you just yeah you need to be yourself and sometimes it's that's the difficult thing of like it's the same thing of when you walk on stage and all, suddenly you're extremely aware of what your arms are doing or not doing <laughs> you know the thing where like yeah. walk normally and suddenly you don't know what walk normally means right because you're analyzing it and it's like yeah. oh just be yourself like <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to be that but you you need to just go out there and be interested in people and be interested. Yeah, there's a little bit of like, oh, that person's there. Okay, I need to try to get to, to yeah. a good position to talk to them. Right. But when you do get to talk to them, ask them, do your research. If you're going to an event and you know these people are going to be there, mm-hmm. look them up. You have Google. You exactly. can see right. some of the stuff that LinkedIn. they've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, you know, for, yeah, exactly. for video games, Twitter is huge. Right. And so you can see some of the stuff that's important to them or what they've been uh, working on recently. That is all co- uh, conversation fodder. You know, mm-hmm. you go there and you are genuinely interested in them and they, and you listen. Right. And you don't just listen to, like, mm-hmm, okay, now I can finally right, ask, right. like, what is it? I'm going to get yeah, asked yeah, them yeah, yeah. for a job. Give me a job. It's not about that. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like you listen, you make a connection with a person mm-hmm. and, and you become valuable to them in some way. You know, you show that there is more to you than just please desperately give me a job. Being the, yeah. the actor desperate for a job that puts a lot of pressure on them Yeah, because they don't, they don't want to upset you, mm-hmm. but ultimately starting off that conversation by asking them, Hey, give me a yep. job. And they're going to have to say no. And they're like, Oh shit. Well, I just rejected this person. So I'll probably just avoid them for the rest of the night. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it puts them in an awkward position. Right. And, and, yeah. yeah. So this is, this is why I tell this to 
anybody. Do not ask for the job. Mm-hmm. Have them know who you are. Right. Have them through social media or whatever other way, you know, see what you can do mm-hmm. because they will remember you yeah. when it's time to cast something that you would be the right fit for. Right. That is the truth. And sometimes it happens in a matter of months. Sometimes it happens instantly, like with me and, and Will. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes years, you know? Right. It, and that's okay. It, you're not playing the short game. You're playing the yeah. long game. Right, right. <laughs> just planting seeds, right? And just seeing where things go. And, yeah. That's it. And you're making yeah. friends along the way. And, you know, those people become so much more valuable to you than the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not talking professionally, just personally. They become, you know, valuable as friends, as people who who you can talk to about the industry, about the intricacies of this. You know, for me, it's invaluable to have sound designers, um, directors, producers, all those people in in my circle of friends, mm-hmm. because then I can ask them about something. And and get their view. Yeah, they're part of your tribe, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's part of your. It's not your, like there's a lot of things of like actors banding together, but it's sometimes it's a bit of the blind leading the blind because you're not talking to the <laughs> side that you actually need to get the information from. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great point. That's that's the biggest soft skill I think that people need to to work on in this industry. Just generally, I think it applies so far beyond um, beyond acting. And mm-hmm. performing yeah and i've been to events and it's just people just come up and then they're literally just hitting you up for a job you know especially in certain roles that are kind of difficult to get jobs like audio design and stuff and it's just like man like straight to that right you know it's yeah. just like but you just go and you think like well at one point what do i owe to you do i like right. you're asking of something that's actually a lot of effort and putting my reputation on the line endorsing right. you right and i don't know you i don't know you from boo right like i met you five minutes yeah. ago and um yeah now you exactly know. it's you know it puts you in an awkward position it's mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff happens to me the more i i work and announce the titles that i've i've been extraordinarily lucky to be involved in and mm. uh by the way a lot of these confidential credits will hopefully be revealed by the end of the year. Oh, and cool. Hopefully. Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. and toes. Yeah. Fingers and toes crossed. Yeah. But generally, especially with COVID and a lot of more, you know, say traditional actors working in TV, film, theater, mm-hmm. um, have turned to voice, have turned to mocap, things like that, or trying uh-huh. to get into it. And so I get a lot of questions pretty much on a daily basis uh, from people that I know and people that I don't know. So how do you get into video games? How do you, you know, how, how can, and, yeah. and really for some are genuine questions on like advice and tips and things to look out for, which I'm always, always happy to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's those that really, this is a masked question of like, will I, you know, let them have my contacts. Will uh, I let them have access to the people? Your Rolodex, that, that right? Like, can, yeah. can you connect me to yeah. this other person? By the way, I don't know, you don't know me, but I want you to connect me to this person. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, to get cast. And, and mm. it's just, uh, you know, I'm like, just no. Right. And it's just a wait. It's wasting my time because it's not going to end their time. Yeah. It's like, but there is one thing that I have as a peeve. Okay. Okay. Yeah, John, uh, there's one peeve. What is that? This ultimate peeve. As speaking as a as a gamer okay. and as a performer, mm-hmm. it is that when 
these actors come up to me mm. and say, I want to work in video games. And I say, okay, awesome. Like, what kind of video games have you played? Like, are there, yeah. there any games that you're inspired by? Like, is there anywhere that you see yourself? Like, any kind of, you know, archetype or anything like that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, I don't play games. <laughs> and so I'm just always... like, wow. How can you, how can you come up and, and wow. say that? And yeah. like, to be honest, my, my criteria actually have changed over the years, which is like, okay, you don't need to play games, but you need to at least watch playthroughs, right? Yeah. That is a very valuable way because not everybody is into gaming. That's fine. Um, you don't have to be a gamer to be a good actor in a video game. That is absolutely not the prerequisite, but right. you need to understand the medium that you're performing in. You wouldn't go, I want to be a movie star. Right. Tell me what movies do you watch? Oh, I don't watch movies. Yeah, uh, I just read books. I've never seen a movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why like, I want to be on Broadway. Oh, what plays have you watched? Or what musicals have you watched? Do you love? I don't know. I don't. I don't. Right. I've never seen a musical. Like really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. Like <laughs> why? Go away. Right. Just yeah. Like... And I'm just like, you know what? You're lucky you said that to me, right. an actor, not somebody who casts. Do not ever, and I give them this advice, do not uh, ever say that, even if it remains true. Even if you do keep not, mm-hmm. you know, playing or watching games, that's fine. Right. Do not ever say that sentence or reveal that fact to anybody who works in like on the game development or in casting. Do not say it mm-hmm. because you it you have just ruined your chances of getting that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just crazy. Uh, you know, casting directors will be more, especially if they're external, they'll be more forgiving of it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit disrespectful to yeah, a game exactly. developer, you know, right. To say, Oh no, no, no don't play games. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, I cannot tell <laughs> you how many times that's happened. Really? And also, yeah, that, that's bizarre. Just, There's this weird games performing in games wasn't sexy until it was you know until mm. naughty dog came out with uh, uh you know uncharted especially uncharted 4 it kind of hit a certain note yeah or last of us, last of us and all yeah, those yeah, really yeah. performance driven good the, performances yeah, yeah. and stories mm-hmm. and it kind of resonated in, in the acting world and it's just exploded in the last i'd say three years in terms of interest mm-hmm. uh in and and respect for for the art form or the performance yeah um but yeah they just they they it is acting it is acting for sure yeah totally but understanding the medium and how the audience is going to experience this is invaluable mm-hmm. i need to know and i know inherently because i've played those games what the experience is like when you are in a god view game right like yeah. total war mm-hmm. versus what it's like when you're in a first in a person. first person shooter totally yeah. or when you're a character in mortal Kombat. yeah it's again it's a very different type of performance and the mm-hmm. the sort of size of your performance will change. So what's been uh, your favorite game or project to work on that you can talk about that's not under NDA? Well, I think Battlefield for yeah, sure. Obviously, I can't say exactly what I did, mm-hmm. but it was just a few iconic moments in there that, you know, the, the what, 12-year-old, yeah. But I think, yeah, I was around, I was 12 or 13 years old when 1942 mm-hmm. came out. That part of me was like, oh my God, I can't believe circle. I'm, I'm saying those yeah. words. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and the other one is the one that I just did mocap on. Like this year has been phenomenal, yeah. really. Um, it's bizarre. The second the lockdowns came, I, I've been booking left, right and center sometimes without an audition because the project needed to get yeah. done Great. and they knew I could do the job. They right. knew me. And they were like, no, you just get her in here. She's going to, you know, we're going to figure it out. I know she can do it. Just right. go. And um, this one, this last one, that wasn't the case with this last one. Mm-hmm. But that was, again, stepping say, into the body of a character that I had been staring at and and playing around for, for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, yeah. I am this character. Right. I am. I'm looking at the previs on the screen on the on the volume, and they've loaded that character model in, and I'm moving oh, okay. as this character. <laughs> and I was just like, I just had a little moment right. where I got a little bit Did choked you look up. Clamped. Got a, yeah, yeah. It's against the thing. It's fine. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Yeah, it's all right. fine. It's fine. I don't, we don't. We're not doing HMCs. You don't need my face. Right. It's right. fine. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one of those moments where like, oh my God. There's also another project that I can't talk mm. about that we did in November. Mm. And it was another one of those projects that was just, you know, because of COVID started running behind and they and because of lockdown, it was so hard to get everything yeah. together that they had to do a have a makeshift um they had a, to do a makeshift volume in one of their conference rooms. Mm. It was bizarre, but walked in and in that cast of people were some serious video game, like acting veterans, wow. Cool, you know, and I walked in there and all of a sudden I'm acting opposite these people. And it's just, yeah. it, again, it, these were all very different projects. They were all AAA titles, mm-hmm. but all very, very different from one to the other. And they all had these incredible creative depths, um, even in the smaller in moments, smaller roles. I, I wasn't the lead in everything, yeah. obviously. Um, but it was just, you know, it, it, all of these had wonderful teams attached mm-hmm. to them, had wonderful directors, they, you know, very collaborative animators that really just wanted to work with yeah. you. You're not just the meat puppet in a light <laughs> right, suit, right. you know, or or the meat puppet behind mm-hmm. a mic. You're, you know, you're a part of this project. Yeah, collaboration. And I cannot stress. How, yeah. And I can't stress how much that means to mm-hmm. an actor. It doesn't mean, you know, that we want to go the other way where you just say, oh, here's the rough laws of what we want to do. Just do yeah. the thing. It's good to have, you know, constraints is good to have a clear vision to, to follow. But when you're allowed to make actual creative input, it you're going to get so much more yeah. from yeah, us. You know, right. a lot of the people who are at that level in the industry are very passionate, passionate about these mm-hmm. projects um, and passionate about doing justice to the project and the story. And you learn over time, if you didn't already know that beforehand, you learn over time how much work goes into a video game and and how much effort and how it does take a village to bring one character Mm -hmm. to life in a way that's you know immersive and believable and you just you know you're part of the team it's a really nice feeling it's great you know in terms of the industry kind of like what are you curious about right now with what's going on in the industry i mean I, i i love the fact that indies have a lot more accessible ways of of creating, you mm-hmm. know, even mocaps become extremely accessible with, I have a Rococo suit in my office, okay. you know, it's a mocap yeah. suit. It's about 
two and a half thousand dollars a thing. And that for mocap, which is going to speed up your workflow tremendously if you can utilize it mm -hmm. correctly, is not a lot of money. That is achievable for an indie, yeah. you know? Um, but at the same time, I as much as I love my violent games, and I do, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was like playing Mortal Kombat 4. I think no, it was even earlier, maybe earlier yeah. than that. But I was so small that it because we were playing PC, I couldn't reach the keyboard <laughs> from the seat. I was sitting on the desk mashing uh, buttons. That's funny. I do love the the amount of new creative. Uh, storytelling and, and video games that are non-violent. Mm -hmm. There have been a lot of those recently that have proven that that kind of gameplay can be extremely enjoyable and immersive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love yeah, that. That's that's, cool. that's so exciting. Right, to right. Me. It's not just always has to be that. It's not always about right, headshots. Right, right. As satisfying as yeah, those yeah, can be, right. like when you when you do that, it yeah. like uh, in Destiny, yeah. and sniper rifle, and just like, poof. yeah, yeah, three sixty no yeah. scope. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, I, I did the Folly. Is it Folly or Foley? I always get that mixed up. I, I Foley. say Foley. Yeah, I did. I did it for the character Rain. Um, all the grunts and punches and stuff. Awesome. Although those were efforts. Yeah, I, I, I had a, a better appreciation for it after doing it in the studio. Just like yeah, I love doing efforts. Yeah. I love doing that. I think it's so fun. Uh, even when it go, gets a little bit extreme uh, <laughs> in one of the games that again cannot yeah, be named. Right, right, right. Um. I did all these efforts. We did like a huge session on efforts. Mm -hmm. And one of them, I was just going to stay with me. It's like, okay, great. Now give me six of uh, being on fire. My flesh is burning. It's great. Yeah. Or um, when we were doing them for um, Warhammer, we were doing those, you know, now do one like you got hit in the stomach with a cannonball. Okay, <laughs> fine. Okay, now do one like you got hit with a cannonball in the face. I'm like, I don't think I'd be making right, noises. Right. You want me to just make like crunchy right, noises? Right, right. <laughs> It'd just be the uh, nose crunch there. There was not much yelling. Yeah, I think it'd just be a head right, splat. Right, yeah. <laughs> One of those. Um, yeah. What about threats uh, in the industry that you see going on or concerns and things? I mean, there is the reckoning within the industry itself mm -hmm. around abuse representation. Yeah. I mean, the Activision Blizzard oh, case is another yeah, moment. It's just come out as we're recording this. It's just a few yeah. days old, that right. story. And like, what the fuck? you know, I read those things and, and I want to say that it, this is not an issue exclusive to the games industry by any means. I've worked in technology mm -hmm. my entire yeah. career and it's I would just expand that to the technology right. sector as a whole, especially startups, things yeah. like that. I have experienced some pretty awful things. I've witnessed awful, awful things. I'm happy to say that I spoke up every time, yeah. but, you know, you read these stories and and it's so infuriating that literally nothing in there is surprising. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that is the big thing. So I think that the threat is how the industry responds mm -hmm. to these moments because right. it, it, it's another moment and it has failed to respond, mm -hmm. you know, appropriately in the last few times, right. like Gamergate yeah. and all that. It it has a cultural right. problem. And I'm not I'm not a person who's like, oh, everything needs to be totally politically correct, mm -hmm. everything, uh, kumbaya, right. whatever. Right. Like conflict's gonna happen. It's just human nature, right. but it's how the industry 
responds and what it rewards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that is the big thing is, does it reward or enable this behavior? Mm -hmm. Or does it say when it occurs, because there's always going to be, you know, bad people out there that it, you know, enables them because they happen to have the right engineer position of power or the right engineering skills at the time or the right marketing skills at the time, you know, that because it's more of a, a lot of these people that I've seen uh, sort of be protected by the company. They get a little slap on the wrist, like don't do that again, but then they get protected Mm. and no real consequences are, are given because they, it would be more of a pain in the butt to replace them. Yeah. That's, That's right. the main thing. And there's tight deadlines right. to follow, right? There's tight deadlines. We need this person. Yes, they're a horrible human being, but we need their skills. That is a general rationale. Yeah. And we need to break yeah. away from that. And I think we can break away from that when we also solve other mm-hmm. things in the industry, like crunch, yeah, right. like impossible deadlines. Once that pressure is taken away, we're given freedom mm-hmm. to actually make decisions right. on this right. basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're getting rid of that person and we can do that because we'll take the time to find the person because we're not, we're not white knuckle yeah. crunching our brains out right now and, yeah. and turning a blind eye because that's crap. And and this, this stuff keeps happening. It's like fucking Groundhog Day, right? You just keep hearing these stories. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, tech, I think it's a generational tech bros, problem. You know, just as much as gamer bros and, you know, it's just like yeah. enough. It's like, stop. Yeah. like a you know, I, I, I'm ex- again, extremely lucky that I I've been able to maneuver mm-hmm. my way through some of these situations fairly successfully. Um, and I'm not a person that's particularly vengeful. You know, I understand that we're going through a societal transformation mm-hmm. where there's, you know, there's a lot of young guys, especially that are very, and older guys that are very confused as to how to behave now. Mm. You know, they think that everything they do is wrong. Um, and because, you know, everybody's saying like, you're a man, you suck. Mm. That's not the right, point, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's not calling somebody out like that. That is, that is not a productive way. It, it's about allowing people to have that moment of realization and to say, okay, from this day on, I'm not going to do that or I'm going to be better and, and allow people to evolve and grow. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that if we can hold companies accountable mm-hmm. and at the same time allow people to to have that moment of becoming better and have that faith that people can be better. Yeah. I think that if we can achieve that, it's great. But if the industry fails to do that a third time, I think it's going to be very damaging to you know future projects and the future of the industry. It's not going to go mm. away, not by any means. Yeah, it's tricky too because it's you know you can be like, come on, this isn't the '80s or the '90s. Just knock that shit off. Like, don't don't do it. And maybe some people yeah. can learn that. But then you know, some part of it too is just like, don't hire psychopaths yeah. right like just just find yeah. somebody else because you're just bringing that that toxin into the environment and this shit's going to happen and just don't have those people around yeah. um because some people i don't think can yeah. be reformed right they're just like or it, it'll some know, people it are just... so de- decided in those ways that they are right yeah it's not going to be up to you as hr as a company it's not gonna you're not gonna be able to change them they're gonna need something else in their lives if they're going to have a change of heart they might never have a change of heart but then you have the ability to decide whether that's something that you want to have within your company culture there is certainly a level of consideration for difference of opinion Mm -hmm. but i think that the difference there is how that opinion is stated and expressed um and and versus you know 
just it's not about having a homogenous hive mind right, yeah. <laughs> in your yeah. company everybody has to believe the same thing absolutely not but everybody needs to be yeah, respectful. yeah yeah what what is and isn't respectful right and just laying the groundwork yeah and, and some of that stuff and groping somebody no. and no. sharing no. nudes and things no. like that is not no. respectful it's just, it, it, it's just disgusting it, it uh, i know it's it, yeah it's vile and reprehensible and it's it, it's a power play it's a way of control and manipulation mm -hmm. that you right. know minorities have been exposed to for right very long power time. what are you going to do about it right so that kind of added to yeah yeah and uh take those people out of power um yeah i mean i had moments where there there were you know somebody was massively inappropriate mm -hmm. to towards mm -hmm. me um borderline physically but because of my particular set of skills yeah. i think um i i have quite a bit of you know uh martial arts oh, training cool. and and things like right. that that they um uh, and and I've always been, you know, I'm not I'm not a tiny person. Like I I'm quite mm -hmm. jacked for a woman. <laughs> so it's like it's like that visual that kind of like has right. luckily kept them at bay. I feel, yeah. um, but in any case, or had them think right. twice. Um, you know, and and they were massively appropriate. I called them out on it. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, and good. like, I'm gonna go to HR. It's like, uh, do you think they're gonna believe you? Really. And the the horror of that sentence, like you think they're gonna believe right, like, you? Dismissive, right? Oh uh, yeah, this person wow. is ranked above me, yeah. and the true horror of that sentence is they're absolutely right in that particular situation. Uh, right? They will, are much more likely to believe him. He's been with the company longer. Mm. He's higher up the yeah, the rankings, yeah. and they are to believe me. Right. Uh. You know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, we're going yeah, down a dark yeah. path. Yeah. <laughs> that is the threat. That is the yeah, threat. Exactly. Are there any games you're playing right now that you're excited about or enjoying? I play a lot of Overwatch. I mean, I know we just talked about mm. Activision right. Blizzard, yeah. but, you know, the, the game is great. And there's a lot of great people that worked on it. They are working mm -hmm. on it. I, you know, it's become my, my like nightcap <laughs> before bed. <laughs> that's, I go healthy, into, yeah. yeah, it became a big thing. I mean, I've been playing it for years and years and years, but during lockdown, it became like our pub. Ah, social. You know, yeah, our social yeah. thing. Meet in the lobby. Yeah, I don't play yeah. with, mm -hmm. exactly, but I don't play um, it like with randomers at least i don't do voice chat with randoms. right i have my discord server of various friends basically the server of nerds who know me <laughs> and uh we play yeah That's we cool. did that and played a lot of destiny 2 mm -hmm. i finally finished the witcher 3 i'm a huge fan of the witcher but it's so such a long game. oh my god how many hours long was that long like, game 40 60 like how long did it take you to get through oh uh, uh, i mean that was 130 <laughs> hours and i was not doing all the side quests Man. you know there's still so much unexplored in there it's such an amazing so game. deep wow. there, there's also uh valheim hmm. that was great it's a short game i, I mean it was kind of pre-release really when it kind of exploded mm -hmm. but it's such a brilliant brilliant game i cannot recommend it highly Who enough makes it? Um, we also um it's an indie game i can't remember the makers right. very small yeah. team valheim it's basically Viking RPG, okay. you know, cool. uh, and it's great. The maps are procedurally generated. So uh. like, you know, you're looking for certain things, but you, nobody's map is the same as anybody else's. So you don't just have these like game guides of like, go here to do this, yeah, go yeah, there yeah. to do this. There's no way to speed hack it that yeah, way. Yeah. And it's 
brilliant. Huh. And it has a bit of the Sims to it. You really get into the architecture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you start building these grand halls and fortifications and things. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. that sounds cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, Raft. Mm -hmm. Raft was um, a re another really good indie game. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little bit of a co-op survival thing, but like in a really cute way, not in a horrible, horrible okay. way. I played some Outriders as well, which, mm. you know, the story was incredibly cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> cheesy action movie story, yeah. which was good sometimes, sometimes not so good. But the combat mechanics are superb. Cool. I really, really loved it. Um, mm. And there is there is one more I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, Mortau. So that okay. one I think is actually by a Slovenian developer. Cool. So, so my my homeboys, yeah. um, which is kind of like a Hema historic European martial arts kind of styled hmm. deathmatchy thing where you're basically a knight and you have different loadouts or whatever and you go in and it's just these mass brawls it can wow. go a little nuts <laughs> in certain ways you can it can be a respawn simulator <laughs> <laughs> dead restart dead restart yeah exactly but it is huh. you know actually really fun most of the time yeah, that sounds that sounds great that's it's a good good batch of games you, you keep busy yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like my games yeah that's I give you credit because you know between doing all this work and your day job and playing the games, that uh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a full deck of, of stuff. Um, you can you can see most of the stuff is multiplayer because mm -hmm. then I have the social aspect with it, so that's really been a thing during lockdown. Yeah, um, connecting with people. I don't play. Yeah, exactly. I don't play as many hours now, obviously, because I'm out and about. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I yeah, like I said I'm passionate about games. They just they are my life. Yeah. Hmm. Where can people find you online? Like Twitter, website, stuff like that. Well, I mean, we talked about Mike Judge, so that uh, there's your hint. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I um, I am on all the social medias, but most active on Twitter and Instagram under the username Mart Holio. Ah, it's like Corn Holio, but different. Yeah. <laughs> Mart Holio. Yeah. I thought it was funny when I was in college I, and it just I, I find stuck. It, I, I, when, I, when I saw your, your Twitter handle, I started laughing out loud. I was just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, the genius of it is the people who will know the reference will appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And it, the people who don't know the reference will not see anything offensive about it at all. And it's gender neutral. You know, as a gamer girl, yeah. that can be a saving grace. Uh, you don't right, really get right. as much, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, inquiries or whatever else right. uh, your way because it just, just, you know, it ends with an O. So. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm not sure. That sounds like a right. dude. <laughs> <laughs> um or nondescript nondescript or somebody with a shirt over their head yeah so that's where you can find yeah. me <laughs> yeah i'm just you can find me here with a shirt over my head and my arms in the air going <laughs> out of my bunghole my bunghole speaks uh sorry yeah i was very upset when during lockdown number one <laughs> the tp was running out you know right yeah that's no tp no tp no, my bunghole no, no um Martholio was Mart sad. Yeah, it was it was bad. Last question. Like what's one piece of advice you'd give others getting in the industry or working in the industry right now? Just 
kind of parting thought. Make friends, Mm -hmm. be nice to each other and go out and don't ask for the job. Just make friends and the rest will follow. There is one thing that I found was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, something called the games industry gathering is this, uh, discord server slash zoom called They do like this really long kind of online get together via zoom. Uh that is designed to overlap with worldwide time zones. So if you're in the industry and you want to network and you can't do it face to face, um, then this is a great way to connect with people. It's really, really cool. And I would really uh, recommend it. It's been, it was founded and organized by Guy Blomberg. Okay. Over in the UK? Um, No, no, in the US. That's where it started. And it is fabulous. Um, It's a really nice way of meeting people. That's good to know. Like I've, I've gotten emails and I was just kind of like, huh, but I'd never heard if it was legit or not, or I'd never heard anything about it. So I kind of was just like, eh, and I didn't really pay much attention to him, but that's good to know that. Okay. Yeah, I met Guy uh, over at PAX East. Uh, I was there just before lockdown one. Right. I flew out to Boston. I was lucky enough to be asked to be on a tabletop panel. Cool. I don't really play that much tabletop because yeah. I don't have a lot of time to. Yeah. I do play D&D sometimes, but mm-hmm. um, uh, we ended up playing a brand new tabletop oh, game. Wow on uh, on stage with there was a bunch wow. of us uh, voice actors it was fabulous um cool. and i met guy around there and you know he's such a force of of everything <laughs> <laughs> like of just social force of bringing people together yeah. it is really really cool. cool i'll check that out well thank you for being on tonight i really enjoyed our conversation this has been cool yeah me too thank you for having me Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye. That was The Mess, my old band from the mid-90s. If you go on to SoundCloud and look up Mess XL, you can find both of our albums. That was Bad Dog by The Mess. Just throwing that out there because, uh, I don't know what the hell.